It's Ken and Mark here. We were thinking about what to talk about, and we couldn't think of anything, and we thought about it'd be kind of cool to talk about spiritual warriors. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about spiritual warriors. Yeah. What's a spiritual warrior, Ken? Well, it's an interesting paradox because... Are you a spiritual warrior? Yeah. Why you want to fight? <laughs> <laughs> so the paradox of the whole term, right, of warrior, like one who wages war, mm -hmm. um, I think it's tricky, tricky business. Um, so spiritual warrior is a bit of a, uh, of a conundrum to, for mm -hmm. the mind to understand. Mm -hmm. For me, I came about an understanding of that term through the martial arts. Mm. Um, so before I really dove into the Indian practices of yoga, I was doing judo and competitive wrestling. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of injuries from, from, you know, time on the mat, you know, tweaked right. neck and elbow and shoulders. And, um, so I was looking one to heal my body. And two, I was, I was constantly reminded of the, how the ego can get a hold of body practices mm -hmm. and, and sort of use use body practices, especially competitive types of things, for its own sort of glorification. Yeah. Um, so even though in the martial arts, the sort of the warrior aspect of the practice is most certainly, you know, exemplified in, in you know, becoming courageous, becoming fearless, becoming mm -hmm. um, all of those things. So I found that yoga could be used in the same way, only there's nobody who we're competing against. So hmm. who am I... Who am I competing against? Right. And the way I understood it was I brought a lot of what I worked with on, on the mat in, in the martial arts and sort of looking at what I'm afraid of and looking at what things dominate me um, and finding that those habitual patterns, those fears, those insecurities, those types of things became, you know, the things I would work with from a warrior's perspective. Um, but in the beginning, this was in my twenties in the beginning, I approached it from an kind of an aggressive, you know, standpoint, like really pushing myself in asana and pushing myself in pranayama really, you know, strongly doing breath retention and really intense pranayama practices and sitting for long periods. And I wasn't actually physiologically ready to do those things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, and I started to have, you know, side effects. Mm, um, like what? Like dizziness, like uh -huh. low back pain, like right. joint pain. Like I was finding the injuries I had from wrestling mm. weren't healing as fast as I thought that they would when I applied yoga. So I backed way off of everything. And so that was sort of my first lesson of, you know, that the a notion of warrior application isn't, isn't aggressive. Right, and right, right. This Just was like, push, 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 push. This push. was a 20 year old who was like, yeah. you know, super good physical shape. And I'd been training, you know, since I was 13 mm -hmm. in martial arts. And I applied that kind of hardcore mindset to to my yogic practices and even meditation yeah, yeah. and it it, good point. it didn't work actually it didn't really yeah. yield much fruit right so that was my first lesson as a spiritual warrior right is like aggression and its spiritual warriorship don't really mm. go hand in hand hmm. um and and yet there's a kind of fierceness which yeah. i started to understand as self-honesty 
Hmm. that to me feels very much a part of the image of the word nice. kind of fierce self-honesty about about my mind stream yeah and what am i doing with my mm -hmm. practice and what am nice. i doing with my life mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of the like that the basic sense for me of the warrior is is that kind of your opponent and your is it, where is the war being waged it's sort of right. being waged in the battlefield of my reactivity yeah and and my stupidity my patterning that sort of going to my lower nature and acting you know from that place of mm -hmm. re repeating unnecessary suffering yeah to wage war against that kind of ignorance in myself and to nice. self-cultivate i like that how about you probably pretty much the same i mean the first thing that i brought up when we um because we didn't really pre-plan this talk so just a moment ago when you brought that word up the first thing that popped into my head was how i face my life you know my experience um, a lot of the things you said in terms of owning my experience being responsible and managing my inner experience in my relationship to my inner experience in a, such a way that i don't run away from it and that's kind of at this point recently how i've been experiencing my inner warrior spiritual warrior because yeah exactly spiritual warrior is not so much about um fighting evil outside of me even though quote-unquote that might evil you know quote-unquote evil that might be relevant at times it's it's more so how i'm working and combating and or that's not the right word i want to use really but how i'm relating to the inner experience and very often yeah it's not this aggressive thing ultimately like it's often it often involves presence and awareness and a lot of compassion and that's how i sort of uh, in a sense quote-unquote win I'm, we're going to use that warrior terminology. Mm -hmm. The battle is not through, you know, force and aggression by vanquishing my enemies internally, but actually by making friends <laughs> and having tea and then extending empathy and understanding. Mm -hmm. And I find that that's how I am able to um, sort of win the inner battle, in a sense. And the warrior part comes in for me in terms of like staying engaged in that process. Right, that steadiness, that firmness, and that commitment, right? Um, the level of commitment that I bring to my own inner work and my ability to, my capacity that I'm building constantly to be able to deal with difficulty. You know, this year has been very difficult mm. <laughs> for me in terms of external circumstances, um, in terms of internal stuff that's been coming up. Mm. But I've been fortunate enough to have built a um, sort of cachet of inner resources and also support externally that I've been able to weather that difficulty pretty well by engaging it, you know, head on and not running away from it. And as a result, I feel like I've gained a lot. Even though it's been a very difficult year, I feel like I've dealt with it as a warrior instead of running away, engaging it and mm -hmm. dealing with what I need to deal with internally and being responsible and doing what I need to do and taking care of business externally and not running away from difficulty for me, I think is a big um, quality of the spiritual warrior. Yeah. Yeah. Engagement. Yeah. I think, mm -hmm. I think of like decisive action as being another nice, you know, image of the spiritual warrior. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a cool topic because, you know, we've got traditional texts that paint a picture like the Bhagavad Gita yeah. of like a literal war going on and how an right. actual warrior engages. But it's all, it's pregnant with all these metaphors and all these sort of internal right. teachings about 
about our inner world, about how we relate to our own emotions and our thoughts and all mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, to have more imagery, this is sort of like, it's mm-hmm. hard to find heroes, you know, yeah. of, this, of the spiritual warrior creed, you know, totally. like you think of the... In, you know, in movies or whatever, but in real life, you know, yeah. it's like, okay, in movies you have Jedis, you have this, right. but in real life, what does a spiritual warrior look like when they're not right. wielding a sword or root, right. bow and arrow like Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita? Yeah. So it, it's a lot about decisive action and fearless engagement with the yeah. circumstances that we find ourselves in. Right. I think for most practitioners, we we rarely encounter a circumstance where physical you know, defense is necessary. Mm-hmm. And so I think martial arts training is awesome, but I think the vast majority of what we get from that kind of training has to do with how we deal with life mm-hmm. and way less to do with how you handle a physical altercation that mm-hmm. might never occur right. in our life. Right. So for when we throw the spiritual term onto the warrior idea, then, then it really becomes about this kind of uh, willingness to to for me to face myself yeah and and if i if i just use the the term spiritual and without warrior then it would be easy to gloss over the difficult root kind of gut level things in my life that that are just very human and Mm -hmm. very messy and awkward Mm -hmm. family relationships you know marriage raising kids you know dealing with finances a car breaks down the luggage gets lost on the flight whatever those types of moments how does a how does a spiritual cultivator who's also a warrior meet those moments Mm -hmm. and and i find that when those two things are 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 met, then there's a kind of presence of cultivating a kind of understanding and acceptance of the situation, which right. I think of as more of the soft yin side of my spiritual cultivation. Yeah. And then there's the part that's willing to to step up and take action and deal with the uncomfortable moment or say no or say yes or yeah. whatever it is that right. might be the thing to run to run away from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that the spirit that the spiritual person would run off to a cave and meditate <laughs> and avoid right. you know the altercation the spiritual warrior handles it in a way that's both present not using unnecessary aggression right. but also not retracting right right and so for me it's like those spiritual and the warrior are like these two the spiritual is like a heart and the warrior is like a sword mm-hmm. so the sword of truth, the sort of cutting through the BS for myself, facing mm-hmm. situations, and then the compassionate, mm. loving, accepting aspect of the heart. Yeah, and it's a delicate balance because yeah. I react sometimes yeah. from the place of being too harsh. Yeah, and it's like too much of the warrior is now there's aggression or right. being too soft and yielding too much and getting kind of, you know, missing something that I otherwise would for sure, with. for sure. I, I mean, I think those qualities can mix too. You know, like I, I experienced. When you, I, I like the example you just gave in terms of the sword of the heart. Mm-hmm. And then the image that came up for me was the mixing of the two. So the fierce heart. Yeah. You know, and then it's... Like fierce compassion. Yeah. Fierce love. Yeah. And then, but for me, it, the way that it shows up in my mind stream right now as we're talking about it is, um, again, it comes back to that ability to stay with what's painful. Because in our culture, we're very hedonistic, right? And we can be also very superficial, and we um, glorify that kind of lifestyle or approach. 
If something's uncomfortable, just leave. Right. Pursue the pleasurable. Watch more Netflix. Yeah, watch more. I do that too. <laughs> Occasionally. Um, but, you know, there, there's definitely th these days, this year specifically, I, I've made it a point and a practice when I'm feeling uncomfortable, sitting with it. When something feels difficult, lean into it. You know, when a relationship feels like untenable, lean into it, you know, be with it, engage. You know, there might be a moment where I just, you know, complain and scream and check out, but I'll get back up and I'll re-engage, you know, um, to not run away from what's difficult or uncomfortable or painful because often that's where the greatest spiritual, you know, jewels are, I think, in life. And that I really value that capacity of um, strength that I'm building in the process and also a certain level of equanimity, kind of equanimity, right? Where before I, I think I would run away from things a lot more if it was uncomfortable or unpleasant. And it makes me more reactionary. And I noticed that the stronger that I get and the more comfortable I get at leaning into difficulty, the more I get comfortable with sitting with things that are uncomfortable, especially feelings, you know, uncomfortable feelings in my own body, mm. uncomfortable feelings that I feel like I pick up from other people too. I'm, I'm able to just uh, develop more choice around how I respond to things because I'm not just reactionary to discomfort. I'm not running away compulsively or reacting in aversion and anger or irritation. But my capacity to just be like, okay, this kind of sucks. This is uncomfortable. I don't like it. Hmm. All right. And just being able to have some more room around that experience is really valuable, I think. Mm -hmm. Because the older I get, I feel like life is not getting any easier like I thought it would. <laughs> it's like that fantasy, that fairy tale has been shattered so far. So I'm looking forward into the next 30, 40 years. And who knows, it may be just glorious and easy, probably at some point. But I'm also looking at the possibility that I haven't, you know, experienced a terminal illness yet. I haven't, you know, lost some of the closest people in my life yet. So life has way more potential to get way gnarlier. So if that's the case, do I want to just be a bliss money at which if this shit starts to fall apart, I'm just going to collapse and be unable to deal with it? Or do I want to develop some, some gall and inner strength and capacity so that when something, things are difficult and when the world's falling apart, I can still be there present and help others? You know, and have that kind of capacity. Mm -hmm. Like, I prefer that. Yeah. So to me, that's kind of uh, what's coming up for me in terms of spiritual warrior. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cultivating that for the long run. Yeah, I think it's really, it's a good, it's a good segue to this idea that I often have seen in the martial arts world where there's the, and it's an unspoken fantasy that runs in the minds of, of martial artists that you're training for that eventual fight that maybe happens at some point in your life where you actually have to defend your life or defend your loved ones or something. Mm -hmm. I think most martial artists have all watched too many Kung Fu movies. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I started when I was like six watching a Kung Fu movie. So it's totally. like, it, you know, there's a little bit of that mm -hmm. fantasy. And, and mm -hmm. also, you know, there's somewhat, it's somewhat innate in, in our sort of DNA to, totally. ha to have the fight or flight response. So well, there, there's the need to defend, yeah. but it creates a kind of a notion around warriorship where training is at least in part for a circumstance which for most people never actually arises in their life. Right. 
and and therefore yes. then what's the training for well actually on on the pavement of the of the circumstance of the everyday life we actually live the circumstances we actually engage with mm. playing the ball where it lands in our relationships in mm. our business in in all of the sort of quote mundane aspects of our life all of the principles of spiritual warriorship can be not only applied there but cultivated there yeah. as well and then we actually have we have a place where where we can actually utilize the skill set that we develop as a spiritual warrior and i think this is really really you know i mean mixing a little bit the culture of yoga and the culture of martial arts and they do overlap a lot um, but the phenomenon of the of, of the of the fantasy fight that never happens <laughs> like exists in the minds of a lot of martial artists that I've you know met over the years. Totally. And I see people often neglect relationships, neglect areas that are super scary for them, like mm. intimacy, for example. Mm -hmm. And I've seen, especially with you know with like tough martial arts guys I trained with, <laughs> like I would see them avoid avoid difficult relationships because they triggered it triggered the intimacy fear you know yeah. whether that's with uh, a romantic partner or with a boss or with a roommate you know like they could hammer it out in the gym but feeling difficult emotions and staying mm -hmm. with it and not going to def to defense to me that's that's a classic moment of when it, where a spiritual Beautiful. warrior shows up and says like yeah. Well, I feel really threatened by this person because maybe they're bigger than me or smarter than me or maybe they're more accomplished in their career or for whatever reason mm -hmm. that something gets triggered, you know, and to not try to compensate by one-upping them or not try to pull any of the bravado moves, mm -hmm. you know, that a warrior might pull who's not spiritually trained. Right. And to be able to deal with that discomfort in myself in moments that might feel humiliating to the to the sort of concept of the of the warrior ego yeah like this inconquerable indomitable thing right. that isn't affected by life right, right right that just isn't human yeah and so like when the human being who's sensitive and gets their feelings hurt occasionally and has this rich inner experience mm. has to apply the principles of warriorship shit gets real relationships get real things get really salty and gritty and to me like that's where that's like the that's the dojo yeah. of spiritual warriorship is everyday life where it's where it's just it's fucking real totally i love that i love a lot of the things that you just said just now like because i also see it as an aesthetic too in a way right because the the sort of immature warrior right who's caught up in their ego they're reactive they're defensive, right? Like you, this or that kind of warrior, when they're faced with a challenge, they often puff up their chest, like you said, bravado, and react. Rattle they don't swords. respond. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to sort of the like, the aesthetic of the the sort of mystic warrior, Samurai. the sage warrior. Yeah. yeah, they have complete self control and awareness, and they they respond to situations because it's, it's like. As a warrior, you kind of purposefully put yourself in these extreme circumstances as a form of training of life and death, right? So it sharpens your awareness, it sharpens your body control, and also you have to develop some level of inner control, right, in a sense. Like, I know there's stories of, like, teachers beating the crap out of their students, and, and, and they tell them to start controlling their temper, right, through that. It's right. like, okay, you're reacting, you're reacting. Every time you're reacting, you lose your mind, you don't have control of your body, boom, you're down. So eventually the student has to train their inner being and their mind and their emotional body too. And so then when you become a refined warrior, 
you have mastery over not just your body, but your conduct. This this concept of discipline. Right? Yeah, and virtue. In virtue, right? This ability to tie yourself to a higher ethic is such a, a beautiful, I think, aesthetic in the sort of um, warrior culture, mm -hmm. I think, right? Mm -hmm. And a mature warrior. Mm -hmm. um, this is something, you know, again, I'm coming back to the martial arts mm -hmm. thing because I've been in that world and I have friends that, that fight MMA and I have friends who uh -huh. have trained MMA fighters and I've trained some... MMA fighters for to healing injuries. So I've seen a glimpse into that. Right. You know what, like martial arts is most popularly now, mm -hmm. and that aspect of the kind of virtue, it can. It's starting to come back because there's a conversation about it. But there was right. a phase when it was really about application of technique, and who could sort of win in the ring, mm -hmm. and that that more old school value for principle, right. the morality, the inner cultivation aspect, the Budo aspect right. that's there in, you know, classical sword forms or whether it's, you know, karate or judo mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. taiji where the person's cultivating their, their heart mind, yeah. you know, it, yeah. right alongside the, the formula for how to train the body. They're like, they're right. one and the same. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. That sort of, it's similar theme, you know, we've talked about in other talks in terms of how that missing part of the cosmology and the view teaching, when that's not there in yoga or any of the warrior arts, right. then you end up with not recognizing all of the insecurities and how there's an yeah. egoic need to make up for that. Right. And, then, and then we end up with the puffed, the puffed up chest or the over hyper reactive yeah. aggression. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's obviously for me, it has nothing to do with, with the spiritual aspect yeah. aspect of being mm -hmm. a warrior, but, but also not to be a kind of, um, a kind of pushover. So there's that holding our ground mm -hmm. and being flexible, you know, yeah. the image in, in Chinese martial arts of the difference between like something that's sharp, rigid and pointed you know, versus something that's both strong and rooted, like the bamboo image, right? The right. bamboo image, it's rooted, it, you can push on it, it doesn't mm -hmm. break, it mm -hmm. doesn't also move from its root um, mm -hmm. versus like something more rigid, like whatever, the oak tree or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And the, the warrior energy is something I feel like, like you said, mentioned earlier, it's very inherent, right? In human beings, you know, I would say in women too. Yeah, it's our and, basic survival mechanism. Yeah, exactly. And, and in, traditionally it's associated with men, but... Uh, it's 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 definitely in women too, and then I think it's an impulse to be powerful or to express power or control or you know assert, right? And so that energy needs to be somehow channeled, or else it becomes repressed and it creates problems, right, in our psyche. Great. And I think the refinement of that particular quality is really important, you know, as a spiritual practitioner, because if you don't do that, it comes out in weird ways usually. Somehow it's gonna express one way, yeah, or another, so or it yeah. creates problems. I think in the psyche if you repress it too much. Yeah, well, it comes yeah. out somehow, right? It's yeah. gonna come out in video games. It's gonna come out in going to sport. It's gonna come out somehow. We're gonna right. express it. Right. But yeah, if it's not acknowledged and it sort of like has to come out under pressure or sideways, mm -hmm. I think we see a ton of that in our culture totally. at this point because there aren't a lot of avenues for healthy expression of that right. like or examples yang explosive yeah. energy we don't have heroes we can point to i mean maybe some of the sports stars but how i think people often get cynical about that because we hear about our favorite sports star and 10 years into it oh they were taking drugs or they were messing around over here they're manipulating the system or somehow like, yeah. we've lost confidence in a lot of our what would be our like warrior right archetypes right. i mean i think you know we've got some 
we've got examples of people working in law enforcement or people working in, mm-hmm. in the abuse of mil- power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's it's hard to to sort of pin down something external that matches what it is. I for me that really frustrated me when I was a lot younger uh, in my yeah. late teens and early twenties. I was really angry that I couldn't find some image in the real world to hold on to, you know, a person to show me how to be a good warrior. And so I turned to yoga Mm -hmm. and I found my idea of what a warrior is by, by studying with some of these yogis who I was like, Mm -hmm. wow, these people are more warrior than some of the warriors I actually study with. They Mm -hmm. practice every single day, rain or shine, no matter what they hold to their principles. They always apply kindness and fierce love to their to their life and I kind of like it it gave me nice. something to like because I, I felt aspire to right? aspire to because I yeah. felt really in a sense like let down by p- the pure warrior without the spirit yes it's like I could win medals in wrestling I could go to judo matches and do really well but I always felt that there was some aspect of of the ego needing to prove its worth by dominating others right. and showing power right and for me, that always felt like not not what it was about. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was like, I want to conquer something, but it's my own, like, my own habituation. It's my own right. stupidity. I don't, it's not joyful for me to express the power in and of itself to pin someone or armbar them. Yeah, I kind of love that. That's just so, an expression of yeah. me cultivating my technique. And if I yeah. happen to win, well, great, but I don't feel like there's not a... Yeah. egoic thing right but in right. the martial arts world there was a lot of that ego yeah. trip happening yeah. and it really bugged me and i yeah. mean i've seen it in yoga too but at sure. least yoga gave me a way to frame martial arts differently and then right. continue training yeah it's beautiful i love what you're saying there it's so it's so true it's so true um this lady caroline casey have you heard of her no she's like an astrologer and sort of an activist and um she does this really cool talks and she had talked about something called the, the toxic mimic in mm. one of her talks, where in our culture, we've lost our mythology, right? In traditional cultures, they have mythology for one purpose is to sort of teach people and hold these archetypes right. that people should aspire to embody and hold these characters. Arjuna, yeah, yeah, exactly. But in our culture, our like toxic mimic, right? This like toxic fake copy. Right, Spider-Man. <laughs> right, is, yeah, is, are these heroes that are so tainted with qualities that just, you know, I don't know, what's a good example? God. Well, all of our... Just super, like our movie stars or something. All of our superheroes and movie yeah. stars or whatever. Yeah. It's... Very often. I mean, like, I, you know, Captain America, I think, is pretty awesome. There's some few ones out there that I, I watch and I'm like, you know, that's pretty cool. They have really cool qualities. But Luke Skywalker, I could get behind. Yeah. Like Yoda. Right, right, right. <laughs> but they're kind of far and few between, I feel like, yeah. sometimes. And especially during a certain time period in cinema, like the last 15 years. I was very disillusioned with the type of archetypes that were being represented on film. A lot of them were sociopathic and psychopathic right. warrior, quote unquote, really twisted warrior characters. And people see that, you know, and it creates an impression in their mind. And for those of us who are a little bit more sensitive and have a clear sense of what we want and need, we, you know, for me, it was really troubling to see that. And I, I had the same experience as a male. It's like, where's my role model? Where? Because everywhere I look, I don't resonate with what I'm seeing. Like, it's not, doesn't feel right. Something's off, you know? And so there's been a, a natural um, exploration and pursuit of that in my life as well. So I really resonate with a lot of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And I think we kind of need to culturally be conscious about generating, you know, uh, memes and, and archetypes 
that are healthy for us, that help our youth and, and each other, you know, and to become embodiments of those types of archetypes in real form. And that's where I think ethics is so important and virtue is so important to be committed to your values and to live them and be a living example of them day in, day out. And that's not easy to do. Yeah. It's really difficult. And I think that's a huge warrior ethic right there because the easy thing will be to just do whatever the heck you want all the time regardless of the consequence on other people without regard for how you might be like coming off other people or affecting other people on that level you know our actions matter and i think when we align with ethics in a sense and and live that life in a virtuous way people feel safer you know around us and also it gives people hope i think it's so important to be an example and yeah. it's not an easy thing to do I think one of the key components in that and in, in living it is this sense of, of the spiritual way of preserving life, right? Of like, mm -hmm. of in each moment acting in such a way because there's, there's no canned response, right? For life. You can't, you can't train Tai Chi or train Muay Thai or train yoga or train right. in any system that's going to prepare you for how you quote should respond to life in the moment all the circumstances are unique and fresh and you have to respond the best to the best of your ability. But I think as an overarching principle of the spiritual warrior and how to, how to be an example and embody that, this idea of preserving life. Mm. So it's like at yeah. some point there might need to be an act of aggression that is carried out, but that's carried out with the, with the notion of preserving life. Mm -hmm. Example is, you know, let's say you're standing at the checkout counter and somebody walks up and, you know, they're going to rob the place. Like, what's the, what's the action you could take? Could you, if you act, could you cause more harm by causing the person to shoot? Could you subdue that person? How could you act in a way that would, that would reduce suffering for all involved? And to take that decisive action, not yeah. out of your own need to express aggression because mm -hmm. you need to feel mm -hmm. powerful yeah so i think that's a really yeah that's yeah. a really interesting principle to function to give us a sense of the parameters of action right. and how because morality and virtue are easy to talk about you know when we're in mm -hmm. a studio or in a dharma talk but in the <laughs> moment you know yeah. what is that what does living ethics well, look like yeah know? so uh, for me it's like i need something to that sure. super simple to understand right because it, it used to be sort of non-violence and if that's the principle then that that trumps the notion that sometimes violence is actually the least violent thing to do right and in the beginning years of my yoga studies i sort of went all the way to the extreme of taking mm -hmm. non-violence literally mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i lost some of the warrior edge right and then right. i could have came back to the middle and realized oh there's a time yeah. and a place for everything the arjuna mm -hmm. you know archetype is perfect for that like sometimes right. you need to punch someone in the face mm -hmm. when that's the thing that would reduce suffering right it might be that moment that that person's about to rape someone sure and that's the only way to get around it you know sure sure so sure. i think that yeah, it's a fine balance for spiritual people who don't want to think of themselves as violent, mm -hmm. and warriors who don't want to think of themselves as soft. There's right. like this middle ground. Yeah, know? and so just I want to just do the other side of like for me in my life right now, it's about non-reactivity and it's about keeping my ego in check, right? In terms of like, oh, and, and keeping my ego in check often is just being more compassionate and kind to myself inwardly, and the more I do that, the more I whole I feel, the less. I come from a place of needing to prove something, mm -hmm. you know, so that kind of deep self-acceptance and self-love and understanding and sometimes being vulnerable, 
very often the act of being vulnerable in my open heart, in my open emotional state with other people is the greatest act of courage for me. Because it's the scariest thing. It's easy for me to be defensive and yell at someone and punch someone or fight someone in a lot of circumstances, you know. So the hardest thing for me is to be honest and be vulnerable and to share my vulnerable like feeling like, oh, I'm actually feeling a little scared right now or threatened. I'm feeling hurt. To share that with someone, honestly, right. it's, it takes the most courage for me. And very often in that process, it creates connection mm-hmm. with others, you know. And when we're in a warrior culture, we often feel like we have to be tough and strong. And we have a very particular idea of that, which is this sort of putting up more defenses. And right, because being vulnerability macho. is seen as a weakness, right? And right. what you're saying is like in that moment that you're vulnerable and you're actually connecting with your feeling and you're sharing that, that vulnerability creates a connection and it's a kind of it's a kind of strength that, that is then created between people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's a huge misnomer in the notion of the warrior is like impenetrable and, you know, unaffectable and stoic and, right. and, and distant. And like that, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It creates a kind of cage around the person. It creates a right. kind of d- disengagement from the yeah. real world. A warrior is like, is attracted to the naked flesh of life, you know, to, to like really be intimate with each moment. Um, I mean, there's a principle in in Chinese internal martial arts that says the safest place to be is the most dangerous place. Mm. And I love that, you know, it's like mm-hmm. the, when, when my teacher was talking about that in a, in a workshop, it was like the most dangerous, both physiologically and philosophically, like the most dangerous place to be is right at the end of someone's punch. Because that's where it has the most velocity and the most striking power. You get hit at the end of the punch and that does the most damage. So if you close the gap and get really close to somebody, you can deal with the situation without, you know, it's safer actually, even though it feels more dangerous. Mm -hmm. But it's such a metaphor for life. It's like when you back away from life and run away, it's actually more dangerous than if you just step in and engage with life even though it's scary. Not in an aggressive way, but in a way like, Mm -hmm. this was in the context of like yin and yang, you know, if you blend Mm -hmm. with the situation and merge with the situation, then usually you can move through the situation with very little need to be aggressive. Right, right. And right. it's like, quote unquote, safer because mm-hmm. you're, actually, you're actually being intimate. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, gives, it gives time for the best of the situation to come out. Right. Whereas, right. like you were saying, when you, when you react, mm-hmm. it's almost always going to trigger the fight or flight response. Exactly. And it usually creates more problems and more conflict. And in terms of coming back to what you were talking about earlier in terms of dealing with situation with more compassion and love and bringing that kind of quality, it's like, it's not going to create that being, no. being with life and being with people in that way. Right. No, because once yeah. that gets triggered, it takes a few minutes to get out of it. Like once yeah, the fight right? or flight gets triggered, I mean, it's, we're animals at the mm-hmm. at the end of the mm-hmm. mind stream. It, when, once that reactivity gets triggered, yeah. we're in self-preservation mode yeah. and it like overrides. Right. right. So yeah, I mean, I think for, as a practice, noticing when we start dipping into that space mm-hmm. and practicing pulling pulling back out of reactivity with less time elapse in reactivity right. is such a great warrior practice. It's like yeah, it's you, not easy. you can still flip someone off on the freeway, stop, take a breath, and then immediately get out of that state and go, I don't need to do that. Yeah. Even though that person was in the wrong, they cut me off or whatever. I don't need right. to perpetuate right. Right. aggressive reactivity or whatever it is that yeah. triggers people. Yeah. I mean, I know what my triggers are. <laughs> totally, totally. I mean, because that's the hardest thing to actually do, right? The most warrior thing to do is like 
to do to not react like that. And mm. I think in Buddhist teachings, there's the lojong, you know, the mind training. And yeah. that's really beautiful. It's the hardest thing to do. And you actually have to have a really strong, healthy ego to be able to put down your ego, you know, I think, in a sense. So a true warrior is so confident, they don't need to put on a show right. or pretend or puff up their chest or look tough. Like as an example, someone, somebody sort of offends you and you don't need to retort to sort of prove your worth. No. You just sort of, okay, that's fine. You think I'm an asshole, well, that's fine. It is could be, also, if, you ha- if you're a warrior, so a scholar warrior, you have wisdom, you realize, okay, well, they're saying that because they're insecure. Right. Why are they doing that? It's not personal. So the spiritual warrior has yeah. insight. They have wisdom. They're penetrating the situation. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I love that image of the, mm-hmm. of the scholar warrior. It's like the sword might be the mind. The, yeah. the sword of the mind penetrates through the armor of the opponent mm-hmm. who's coming out of fear and aggression and reactivity and, and, and cuts through the yeah. moment and reveals something Right, compassionate. Yeah, it gets that person like yeah, the heart. to cry or to hug them or to yeah. convert the situation from violence into potential connection. Yeah. yeah, to me, this is like if the spiritual work can alchemize the situation, right, and turn beautiful. aggression into opening. That's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. That's the ultimate, that's right? Like it's like the ultimate mastery. Aikido move. Yeah, it's like right. the ultimate Tai Chi move. It's like, but then that requires that you stay rooted in your heart in your compassion and your kindness in scary moments, right. in moments you want to run away, in moments you want to defend yourself and protect yourself, right. you stay open. And that is the great, it takes the most balls and ovaries, you know, it's like, <laughs> it takes some serious courage. And so earlier when you were saying, it really stuck with me when you said, oh yeah, I know a lot of you know people I know or martial artists I've known in the past who uh, can fight, but when it comes to intense intimacy, in, in, in relationships, and I want to call out all the men right here because I've noticed this a lot. Like, guys, if you have balls and if you're courageous, deal with your life, deal with your relationship, mm-hmm. deal with your feelings. You know, talk to your partner. Don't run away. Right. You know, that's a warrior. It's like you you deal with your life. You yeah. don't run away. Don't act tough. Yeah. To be to actually be tough means you're willing to feel everything. Yeah, and be in front of your partner and be like, you know, when you said that, it really hurt my feelings. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it made me sad and I felt like I was three years old. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And you can still go to the gym and bust out some, yeah. <laughs> some kickboxing. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't right. negate the the like that aspect of fierceness, or I think a lot of times the masculine mm-hmm image or whatever that word image is afraid of of being too vulnerable or to like losing some potency by being yeah. honest and but, in but, my experience it's the opposite yeah, like yeah exactly the exactly. person who's the most badass is the person who's actually faced themselves through and through right they're not afraid of themselves yeah and it shows like yeah. they come across as being like confident and warm yeah. but not like compensating yeah yeah i have a friend who's like that who you know he's taught me this a lot he's a good friend of mine and he is so courageous with his vulnerability. And he would just share the most candid feelings that he was having. But when he would do them, he, he very often wouldn't be insecure about it. You know, he just is like, this is how I'm feeling. And it's a really vulnerable expression. Mm. And it's so beautiful. And there's so much fierceness there too, you know, like that intensity of being in that emotion, but not being like taken away by it. Mm-hmm. And being willing to expose yourself, maybe he's afraid though too, but he just still does it. And that there's fearness, there's fierceness right there. Yeah. There's so much courage there. There's so much beauty and fire there. You know. Yeah. You know? That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm. Cool. Yeah. I feel like we can talk about this more. Yeah. Maybe we'll have another one with with other 
male female yeah that would be actually really cool to talk about this with a with a group of people that come from different backgrounds yeah like male female yeah totally that's all right that's it for today all right Oh. <laughs> Yoga uncensored.